And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. JT, welcome back. Friday, last hour of the week, right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM as we are loaded up this hour. Got some good guests here and we'll wrap up our week and we'll get you set for what I think is going to be one hell of a weekend here in Vegas. Uh, The biggest game ever played at Allegiant Stadium. I've been pounding that home all week. We've had incredible guests on, especially yesterday. The ministers of defense, Bill Romanowski, Eric Allen was fantastic. And Foo, Phil Villapiano, what we've had lined up so far today. And then I'll see you at the torch. Remember, come on out and see me at the torch with Eric Allen. When you come into the stadium for the pregame, we're on for 90 minutes right up at that Al Davis Memorial torch with the big backdrop of the strip right behind us. So we're excited about that. Should be a great crowd. The crowd on Monday night football was incredible. And I think this is a bigger game. As you know, this is a bigger game coming up. So I'm expecting a bigger crowd as we are brought to you by Sam and Ash, the ones I trust. These are my friends, Sam and Ash Injury Law. Uh, give them a call. They will take care of you, 702-820-1234. Go to the website, salmonashlaw.com, because you deserve what's right. So we've talked about this game a bunch, and you know we're trying to put a game plan together. What's interesting about this Kansas City game compared to the ones in the Patrick Mahomes era, okay, just when Patrick Mahomes playing and becoming an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, the success that he's had with Andy Reid over the last couple of years is this is the first time he's coming in vulnerable where he's not playing well he's not playing at his best and that's easy to see I have the stats right in front of me and when you look at him it's kind of amazing this team has struggled they've lost a number of games this year that I'm blown away by and and they could have lost that first game of the year to the Browns they won that game 33 to 29 they lost at the Ravens in a classic 36-35. They lost to the Chargers, who the Raiders lost to, 30-24. They beat the Eagles, 42-30. Then they got beat by the Bills badly, 38-20. They beat Washington, 31-13. Remember, the Raiders play Washington at home this year. They lost to the Titans, maybe their worst loss of the year, clearly, 27-3. What blows me away is the two last wins that they had. Giants... They beat them 2017 in a game where I thought the Giants were better. And then they beat the Packers 13-7 to while getting shut out in the second half. The upcoming schedule for Kansas City after the Raiders here on Sunday night, they get the Cowboys at home, the Broncos at home, the Raiders at home. Three home games in a row. And that's big for them at Arrowhead. You know how good they are there. Then they play at the Chargers, Steelers, at the Bengals, at the Broncos. They got their work cut out for them. There's a 5-4 and four team on a slippery slope. And the Raiders, a 5-3 and three team, same amount of wins. As I've told you, I think this is a must win. On Thursday, I go to the facility, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and sit down with the head coach of the Silver and Black, Rich Passaccia. This was our conversation yesterday. Coach, let's begin with the running game. 5.85 yards a carry against the Giants. What's working now? What's opening up with the line of scrimmage? Well, again, I, I think, you know, credit goes to, to Greg Olson and, and Coach Cable is what they've done is pared down some things for us. 
be a little bit more of a downhill run game. But look at the, the linemen we're playing with right now. We've made some adjustments during earlier in the year to the line. Colton Miller's having a Pro Bowl-type season at, at left tackle. And then, you know, Andre James is coming into his own at center along with John becoming the first-time starter at left guard. And now we've moved, um, you know, Big Wood in the, in the guard. And, and Parker's a all-day guy, you know. So I think those guys are starting to play well together. They're starting to make some chemistry happen. And then certainly we feel pretty good about our backs and the way in which they're playing. Yeah, the backs, the diversity of Drake and Jacobs. Let's talk about that, keeping Josh healthy, fresher for this type of game and later in the season and what you're getting out of Drake. Yeah, again, you know, we lost Josh a little bit early in the year. And um, Kenyon had to have a little bit bigger role. And we didn't have Jalen earlier in the year. Jalen's been good for us on third down. So I think it's a really good combination with all three. And uh, Kenyon's coming into his own a little bit about what his role is and how it's been identified and now how he can help us. So it's good to have a healthy Josh Jacobs. Deshaun Jackson, much needed help to open it up up top. What have you seen from sitting down talking to him at limited practices so far? What does he bring to the team? Well, I think the first thing that you, you notice about Deshaun, he's come in here with a great sense of humility, um, a great sense of what can I do to help? It's kind of been his deal. So we're trying to do best we can package-wise to get him in there, put him in some positions where he knows what to do. He can still play fast, and he can help us somewhere in the game plan, you know, be a little bit more effective. Derek's looking for a bounce-back game. He's had big games in his career against Kansas City. This is a big one for him because as a leader, he's been through a lot lately, and he wants to come back in front of these home fans and have a big game Sunday night. Sure. I think we're all looking for a bounce-back game. You know what I mean? And we, we've been riding Derek a long way right now. He's playing really, really well. Um, he's always exciting to watch. He's extremely accurate. Would he love to have some throws back from a week ago? Certainly. But I think we saw in practice yesterday what hopefully is to come here in the near future. You know Darren Waller, they're going to want to double him. He could have an explosive game there. What have you seen over the last couple of weeks? You get him back now healthy going up against Kansas City's defense. How do you get him open a little bit more? Well, again, I think Greg Olson's done a great job of putting him in position. You know, he had some good plays a week ago, and uh, you know he'll be well-rested going into the game. He'll have a good practice today, and we'll see how that matriculates as we get into Sunday night. Coach, Kansas City has a big three. In all sports, you hear about it in the NBA, but you hear it here with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. You look at them on film, and it's amazing what they're saying nationally about this team, that they're not the same again. People said Mahomes is having an off year. We both know they could be explosive at any point in time. What do you expect from them? Yeah, you know, perception and reality. Those yeah. are two totally different things. So the reality is when you watch them on film they're, they're a magical offense they can score from anywhere on the field he's unbelievable with the ball in his hand he can extend plays on every down and certainly knowing where 87 and 10 is are important things for us going in on defense so we're expecting to play a really good football team on Sunday night. What the fans have always seen in this rivalry of these misdirection plays the play starts one way it comes back the other way and what I love about this season with coach Bradley is the discipline on the back end so let's talk about what the eyes have to see on the back end when a play breaks down because you Yannick and Max are coming after Mahomes, and the discipline on the back end, how important is that? Well, you know, you hear Gus talk about it all the time, you know, rushing cover. They have to work together, and I think we've seen that. Uh, Gus does a tremendous job at situational defense, what situation we're in and what we're going to play. And I think you've seen us over a little bit of course of time here now is that defensive staff is gelling with the players that are here. We're starting to see a, a really good space tackling team. We're putting some pressure and affecting the quarterback, and we're playing pretty good on the back end. If we're supposed to stay on top, we've done a good job of staying on top. We haven't given up a lot of explosive plays, so we'll certainly face a tough challenge come Sunday night. Let me stay with that. The tackling is really important, and it's changed around here, which is fantastic. Everyone 
getting to the ball because it takes two, sometimes three players to bring down these weapons of Kansas City. Sure, and then the, the angles in which you take to sure. make these tackles. So we're trying to play with a roll call to the ball mentality, trying to get everyone in the picture before the pictures ended up on the screen. And uh, I think they've done a good job with that. Hopefully we can just keep improving. Let's wrap it up with special teams. What do you see? You want Mahomes to go the length of the field. Field position is critical in this game. What do you expect from special teams coming in with your kickers? Yeah, you know, it always starts with protecting the punter, and certainly they're coming off of an AFC week where um, Townsend was the player of the week in yeah. the AFC. He had a great game against Green Bay, and they're an opportunistic team. They're trying to score every time in the return game. So we'll have, a, we'll have our hands full trying to cover them. We'll see how it works out. Finally, I know you're excited. Sunday night football used to be Monday night football. Sunday night's just special. Raider Nation home again. Charles Woodson's in town getting his Hall of Fame ring. you got 10 gold jackets here. Again, an opportunity for Raider fans really to come in. Help your team and for your team to have a big win. Sure, we're, we're excited about playing at home. We're hoping it's real loud, hoping Raider Nation is up and clapping big time. And then obviously to go through this in the Hall of Fame week with this organization, play an historic rivalry with the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night national TV. What a wonderful opportunity for us to show our best. Good luck, Coach. Thank you. So Coach really buttoned up here, uh, respects the rivalry as you can tell here. I thought it was important that we got into special teams and he touched on that. That's his expertise I really think this is going to come down to special teams. As I talked about yesterday, Carlson's going to have to make some kicks. I think he's going to have to make some long kicks because if the Raiders are close and in the red zone, I mean really close, inside the five, you either bring Mariota in, you do something to score. But if they're outside the 25, 30-yard line, you've got to hope Carlson comes in and makes a couple of big kicks, and that could be the difference in the game here. Field position battle, you're going to remember this, and I'm going to be doing the post game after that. Uh, after the game, Eric Allen's going to be doing TV. I'm going to be doing radio solo. I'm going to spend a lot of time on special teams. If the Raiders win the game, like I suspect they will, you're going to have to see Cole punt that ball deep. There's going to have to be one or two punts that land within the 10. Make Mahomes go 90 yards. Make him think that he's got to go 85 yards. Make him work. I think special teams is going to be huge. And hopefully Max Crosby, who we had early, we had him on earlier this week. He was fantastic. He has a big game along with Yannick Ngakwe. And then the eyes in the back. Trayvon Merrick. Come on, Trayvon. Have a great game. Be a ball hawk. Mahomes has been throwing these jump balls up in the air. Go get it. And John Abram, play under control. No penalties. No bad decisions. Be where you're supposed to be at the right time. Make tackles in space. And Casey Hayward's been fantastic all year long. He's got to play a disciplined brand of cornerback and do his job the way he's been doing it. And it's a Littleton game, right? I told you that. Littleton's got to play well. He's the only guy that I think can run with and cover Kelsey. At least that's what they told me when he came here. He was supposed to be on this Pro Bowl path to be a great cover linebacker. Well, I judge him every year on the two games he plays against Travis Kelsey. And this is the one in his home stadium. So I really hope Littleton plays well and shows up. Thanks again to Coach Rich Passaccio. When we're talking X's and O's, we are talking Remy Martin. And I want to tell you something about my friends at Remy Martin. They want you to take the holidays very seriously. No drinking and driving. They care about that. You know, we have several liquor and beer sponsors on this show, and most of them are really good friends of mine, and no one better than what we're doing with Remy Martin. And they want to remind you, as we team up for excellence, make sure you do the right thing over the holidays. Don't drink and drive. Get an Uber. Get a taxi. Leave your car. Plan ahead. 
If you can go ahead and do that, it'll make for a safer holiday season. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. When we come back, Solomon Wilcox will join us. Uh, He's on Sirius XM NFL Radio. He's always up to date on the Raiders and Kansas City. We'll talk to him about the events this week, especially with Aaron Rodgers, as Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be playing against Seattle. This week was about Aaron Rodgers and his protocol and lack thereof and the fact that he missed a game and he's supposed to come back here if he passes all the tests. Not taking a test, but this rigorous test that he has to take to be physically ready to play coming off COVID-19. Solomon Wilcox will join us next. And then Lee Sterling, a little bit later on this hour, will give us three games as we continue. JT, Raider Nation Radio, heading into Sunday. Charles Woodson's in town. Marcus Allen's in town. Ten gold jackets here for what is the biggest football game ever to be played so far at Allegiant Stadium. And you'll listen to it right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. JT, welcome back. Hope you're having a good Friday here. The weather's been incredible. Golf, everybody having a good time. Tomorrow I'm playing golf with Fred Bolitnikov. Uh, Dennett Hesbert, who is plays the president, the all-state guy with the deep voice. Dennis is a friend and uh, the great, and I mean great, Danny Serafin, founder of Chicago. We all got a quick round of golf in before uh, tomorrow night when I see Sting as Bobby is playing some police as we come out. I asked him to play police this hour because I'm going to go see Sting. Man, I saw the police back in the 80s at Shea Stadium in New York. And now I'm going to see Sting with a couple of friends and couple couples over at uh, Caesars. Looking forward to that on Saturday night, tomorrow night. Then the game, Sunday night. And you know my rule. If they win, I'll go out afterwards and celebrate. If they don't, I come right home. I plan on being, a, I plan on, I plan on being out very, very late. Let's bring in Solomon Wilcox, who joins us. He's on Sirius XM NFL Radio, a former safety in the NFL, an award-winning journalist, an Emmy Award winner, and a friend, a guy I haven't talked to here in a couple of months. Solomon, thanks a lot for coming on on a Friday on Raider Nation Radio. And I want to begin, let's get your opinion on Aaron Rodgers this week, all the protocol, the lack of protocol. This is a big topic that surrounds the NFL, possible lack of transparency, from the Green Bay Packers. How did you see all the movement around Aaron Rodgers this week with the media? There's a couple of uh, layers to this story. I do believe there's more nuance, and uh, there's no doubt that Aaron Rodgers himself was quite misleading. I would never go so far as to call him a liar, because I know some in the media come in very strong, but you're right, he deceived. But you and I both know Aaron Rodgers is a master wordsmith, right? This is a guy that's hosted Jeopardy. He's a very smart guy. So that means we need to do a better job as journalists. If you're interviewing Aaron Rodgers, pay attention. Listen. Even even Tom Brady said, yeah, we lie. You guys ask us a lot of questions, and we try our best to answer you without giving you full answer. We're never going to give you competitive advantage. And now This is a public health thing, JT. You knew, and I both know that, and I think he should have been more forthcoming. But he, he never really fully answered the question. He's very misleading. And how about reporters? You and I work in the biz. We've all been taught to follow up with questions to demand answers. And how come somebody in the room didn't say, 
just because you say you're immunized, it doesn't mean you're vaccinated. So can you clarify that for us, please? I mean, that's what we do in our jobs. Am I right? Solomon, you nailed it. I mean, how do the beat riders of Green Bay, how do they live that down? I mean, going back, Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi, Brett Favre, there were issues, but nothing that had to deal with the pandemic. So I understand it's a different world that we're living in. But Solomon just nailed it. All there needed to be was one follow-up question. And how about this? How about the national media that failed after watching that press conference live? Nobody sat back and said, Wow, that was interesting. He said he was immunized. Yeah. I think I'm going to request an interview or a question at the next press conference, and we find out about a week eight. Yeah, and then eight, and then eight weeks later, the same. Uh, you know, and look, you and I, we work in the media. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. condemning him and coming in hard on him. Well, what what about someone coming hard on us and say, telling us how we could have done a better job at vetting and getting down to the truth real time? And so that's why I kind of stopped. And I, look, I'm not going to go in hard on Aaron. I, I will say he he was very misleading. He should have been more forthcoming. Um, he did leave um, some of the journalists who could be immune compromised. He left people exposed, and he should take responsibility for that. But I think we should take responsibility for not just allowing people to half-heartedly give us, you know, half-truths and half-hearted answers. I think we can do our jobs a little bit better, too, and make sure that we get down to the bottom when someone misleads us and don't fully answer the question, because he definitely gave us this his own answer, but he did just by saying you're immunized, he did not answer the question, are you vaccinated? Solomon Wilcox joins us. And Solomon, you played in the league at a high level and you know, for multiple teams. And I just wanted to throw this out. Wherever you stand on the vaccine or not, you probably would have been a player, if it's fair enough for me to say, or other teammates, that even if they had some doubts, would have took one for the team. That's the term I use. If it could be Kevin Durant in the NBA, it could be a hockey player, whatever, maybe if they have a doubt, they're on a team. And in the NFL, according to NFL stats, close to 95% of the league is vaccinated. So if you're in that small minority of just 5% who aren't, or maybe even less than that, most of the guys who had a doubt took one for the team so they could help their team win and they could be available. Aaron Rodgers wasn't available for his teammates, and there's not a, it's not a lock he's going to be available for the Seattle game coming up. Yeah, that's going to hurt them, right? It's going to hurt their chances to really get the home field advantage, something I think really helps Green Bay if they can have a number one seed. Say if they're hosting the Arizona Cardinals in January, you think they don't have an advantage, but if they have to go and play in the desert, in an atmosphere that's more conducive for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. This is part of it. And you're right. I, I would have come on, on the side of doing what's best for the team. Sometimes you have to do that. And I can tell you, I've been in an NFL locker room as a player. And, you know, you're banged up as you get through the season. And they're giving out toward all shots. And there's a line of guys in there taking the toward all shots, right? And they weren't nearly as scrutinizing with that as they are towards a vaccine and some some but there were some guys who did it they took it for the team I my teammates need me today I gotta go today now I can tell you JT there were some guys who's like look man I'm hurt I'm not taking the shot I'm sitting this one out and guess what teammates never blamed them I think it was duly noted with some guys who be like hey man that guy he's kind of doing his thing but you had to respect their decision and that's kind of how it is with a Kirk Cousins, who who stood up and boldly said, no, I'm not vaccinated. 
Carson Wentz, no, I'm not vaccinated. But at least those guys didn't try to mislead us. You know, they stood up there. They made their statement. They made their stand. But guess what? They're available for their guys every single week. And as far as we know, they're following the protocols and doing what they need to protect themselves and their teammates. Solomon Wilcox joins us. So let's get to a few games. First off, have you evolved into thinking Tennessee could be the best team in all of football, let alone the AFC, as they ran through this gauntlet, and now they're doing it without Derrick Henry? I know. It's quite impressive, isn't it? And the way they did it uh, against the Rams was purely defensively. They just got after the Rams. I hadn't seen anyone defend the Rams' offense like that since the Rams played uh, the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl and scored only three points after coming in as the highest-scoring team in the NFL. Oh, by the way, Mike Vrabel, a principal student of Bill Belichick, you think he didn't go back and look at the tape and play some of the same coverages? Because after going back and looking at the tape, that's exactly what I saw. Kim Byer played some of the did some of the same things in their secondary at the Titans uh, that Bill Belichick did in the Super Bowl, and they were able to get two consecutive interceptions, including a pick six, off of Matthew Stafford, who up until that time was an MVP candidate. So give the Tennessee Titans defense all the credit in the world for what they've been able to do. Uh, that team still without Derrick Henry has the number one seed in the AFC, 7-2 seven, seven and two after nine games. Let's see if they can hold on to it. Solomon, we talked off the air about the Raiders situation with the tragedy, and we're all thinking about the victim, Tina Tintor, out here in Vegas where I live after the Henry Ruggs fatality car accident, and then right behind that, Damon Arnett uh, let go because of some disturbing videos and threats with a gun. And Derek Carr has got to lead this team. Sunday night football, a 5-3 and three team ahead of Kansas City, and the Raiders almost swept Kansas City last year. They beat an arrowhead when the Chiefs looked a lot better than they look now. Break down this game for me Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think Carr's going to play better after Sunday's game against the New York Giants, a couple of interceptions in that game, including the pick six to Xavier McKinney. And, you know, listen, Derek Carr's been such a model leader for this team in the locker room. And, you know, look, you and I both know everyone who's a Raiders fan expects a lot and is asking a lot of, of Derek Carr amidst some really tough and trying circumstances. And I think he's walked the walk of leadership um, and exceeded maybe our expectations of what you could ever expect from anyone. I, this guy has really earned, I think, the respect of, a, of the nation with how he's handled himself. Now he's got to go out and win some games to be able to take down Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs. And he did it last year. You mentioned it. And I think he's got to play even better. He's got to put up 30 points. Because right now the Chiefs are struggling to score 20 or 30 points. And then uh, Gus Bradley's defense and Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby, the defense has to show up big time. Because right now um, Mahomes has thrown an interception, I think in what, five, maybe six consecutive games. Uh-huh. So he's, up, he's got 10 interceptions so far this season. Um, and, and I think that's where the defense has to show up. They've got to be able to turn him over and put Derek Carr in the offense on a short field. And then they got to crank up the run game. When the Raiders are rolling in the run game and getting physical, they're very difficult to stop. And finally, I wanted to ask you about the Rams and the 49ers, and you know everybody behind the scenes on both teams. Uh, Rams were really flat against Tennessee. They had nothing going. Stafford played his first really bad game. And the 49ers, 
how much how much bad luck Solomon had they had since their Super Bowl appearance where they were up with five minutes to go in that game. The quarterback position, what they want to do with the young quarterback compared to Jimmy G. And Kyle Shanahan can't get a win at home. I mean, they are a mess up there. And you know the 49er fans, the ones who are upset and still pissed off about leaving San Francisco. Now they're in Santa Clara and they can't win a game there. How secure is the job there for Kyle Shanahan going forward? I think Jed York is all in on on Kyle. Sooner or later, though, you're right. He's going to have to ask himself some of the same questions you're asking right now. Because right now the Cardinals, right, have turned that division upside down. And if you look at it, the 49ers have lost 10 of their last 11 home games. I mean, they can't win at home, as you have clearly illustrated. And now, uh, you know, they've got the Rams coming to town, and the Rams need this game big. But the 49ers got to start winning some games if they're going to be significant in 2021. We all expected more than what we're looking at with this three and five record, eight games into it. So sooner or later, they've got to stick their flag in the ground and start beating some teams and winning some games maybe we don't expect them to. Um, you and I both know they run the same offense, right? This is this takes us to that story about Kyle Shanahan. He was kind of interested in Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay in the dead of night. Oh, out in Cabo, right? And he's mm-hmm. able to land Matthew Stafford now. That storyline comes full circle. Let's see if Matthew Stafford can deliver for Sean McVay and make Kyle Shanahan regret uh, maybe not staying up a little bit later at night to get that deal done. This is very significant. I think this is a big game for both teams. Solomon Wilcox, I always appreciate you. What are you working on? What's new and exciting in your career as a content provider? What are you most happy about? You know, I'm really happy that I get to work in, in science with biotech and biopharmaceutical companies to deliver some really great science and product. I believe in science. I believe in, um, in doctors and in medicine and some of the smart people of our society. And I have an opportunity to work for them in what I do. And um, I, I just love it because I'm learning new things all the time and spending time with some really smart and intelligent people. I still get to talk football, and I love the NFL. You know that, JT. Um, but it's like I'm living on both sides of the street now, and I get the, uh, the the nerd, the inner nerd in me gets to come out every now and then. So that's kind of what we're doing, and, and you'll be hearing more about it um, coming up in the future, okay? I'd be really remiss in, in 30 seconds or a minute if I didn't follow up saying, when I'm talking about it or you're talking about COVID and the vaccine and now booster shots and all that, is it fair to say follow the science, follow the smart people, follow the people that were born and educated to educate us going forward? Is that fair? Yeah, even if you're a man of faith, you could probably say that our creator has is, is given us um, a thing to heal us, and it's right there in our face, right? Really smart people who have used science and leveraged science, and that's why – Many of us have, are no longer fighting polio, right, because vaccinations have come along to defeat polio, to defeat smallpox. You and I had to be vaccinated before we could ever attend school when we were growing up, and many of our kids have had it. And all of a sudden, uh, it's become politicized, and, and, and we can't even believe the simple truths, right, of, of the day. And this is based on science. You know, we're, we're going back and questioning if the world is round or if it's flat. And I can't believe it. But, you know, for some of us out there, I think we're smarter and we're not going to be fooled by anything that's, you know, political. 
And I think we have to understand that uh, that some of these truths, like two plus two is always four, right? The universal truth of science always prevails. And uh, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to work in that space because I'm a sports guy. I'm an athlete. Um, but if I can leverage our platforms to work in this space, which I've done this for, you know, the better part of the last seven years. Um, and so I've been at this for quite some while. This is nothing new to me. Um, but it is something that's very rewarding. Good to talk to you, my friend. Take care. We'll have you on in a couple more weeks. Always appreciate your insight. All the best, JT. Take care. Solomon is excellent. What a sharp guy. I appreciate the fact that he came through on Sunday on Raider Nation Radio. And, look, he knows Patrick Mahomes. He's seen a lot of games in this rivalry. He played against the Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs and a really good friend and journalist. Excited that we were going to get him on the show today as we continue here on Raider Nation Radio. I want to thank a couple of our big partners, but no one bigger than Doghouse Saloon, uh, this Monday night, coming off Sunday night football. That's going to be a quick turnaround. I will be making an appearance at Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World. So come on out after the late Raider victory, hopefully on Sunday night, Monday night football at the newest property on the Strip. Uh, there's not a bad seat in Doghouse to watch the game. Plus, there's a sports book on site, to place your bets. Enjoy incredible food and drink specials, followed by an amazing after party with live entertainment and dueling pianos. They have great music there. Uh, my wife and I went there for some entertainment, and I took her in there to see all the TVs and the sports book, and there was live music there, and we sat down for a couple of drinks, and next thing you know, we were there for an hour and a half. It was that much fun. Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World Las Vegas, our official home for Monday Night Football. When we come back, uh, we'll wrap up the week. Lee Sterling is going to join us as he joins us every Friday. He's got three games against the spread. I believe two college this time and one NFL game. Whatever he has, he's going to give you winners. Last week he gave you Purdue over Michigan State, which was a great pick. Hopefully he can remain hot with us as we continue. Make you some money on a Friday heading into the weekend on Raider Nation 920 AM. JT, as we continue here Friday, Raider Nation have to get this win. Have to get this win, period. I'm not saying must win. I don't know why I'm not saying must win, because I don't think a 5-3 and three team must win. But you got to get it. You know what I'm talking about. You've been unbelievable this week. Maybe one of the best guest weeks we've ever had, and we're building it up for Kansas City and now I get to go to the professor, longtime friend, John Clayton, who's now with the Washington Post, ESPN 710 in Seattle. And we welcome him to Raider Nation Radio on this gorgeous Friday in Vegas with a Kraken. Hey, John, I forgot. Are you, the Kraken, welcome to hockey. You know, we got the Golden Knights. John, tell me, are you a Kraken fan right now? Yes, I am. The only problem is I don't have uh, HBO Plus. And they put so many of the games on HBO Plus. I haven't been able to see as many games as I want to see, but love the, love the fact that they've got the hockey team. It's great. Yeah, and it's great. And as you know, we've talked for years. They want to get the NBA back, and it's just good that Seattle's back in hockey. Hey, John, yeah. let's jump in. Can you envision a scenario where Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be available against Mahomes 
and Kansas City and Russell Wilson and Seattle, there's a possibility if he doesn't clear on Saturday. What do you think? There's a possibility, yeah, because any setback that he has with the uh, you know the COVID nineteen sets him back for a day or two. I could see that happening. You know, it depends on how he gets through this week and all that stuff. Right now, it looks good, but I can envision there's still a chance because you know you're right down to the wire. He's not going to be able to come out until Saturday, and so yeah, I could see a chance that that might not happen. John, as a reporter, insider, and as a talk show host, everything you do, where do you put this story in perspective? I mean, other other MVPs have not had to play during a pandemic, so we can't compare mm-hmm. it to anything from Bart Starr to Dan Marino to Montana. But the fact that he's taken this much heat and it's bringing negative attention to the league, what are your sources telling you? What do you think about this? I think it's bad. I think he's been selfish. I think he's put himself above the team, everybody else, that he thinks he can get away with whatever he wants to get away with. And because of that, you know, they lose the Kansas City game. They could risk the Seattle game. They could risk the chance to get the top seed. I mean, all that stuff, mainly because, you know, he's taken the dumb position that he doesn't want to get the uh, the vaccination. And so because of that, now they pay a price. I think it's bad. John Clayton joins us. You know, John, what I, what I have to find interesting is, you know, other people have opinions on the vaccine and, you know, you can't change everyone's opinion, but a lot of athletes are taking the shot just so they could be available and be for their team. Even if they're not interested, I don't want to say Kevin Durant or NBA players or a hockey player, whatever it is, many of them have decided, even if, they, if they're not comfortable with the science or everything behind the vaccine like you and I are, they do it for the team, and I'm shocked he didn't do it for the team considering this is his window to win another Super Bowl. Exactly. And, again, it's like it makes it sound like, you know, it's like I'm more the victim than anything else. Well, you're the one to put yourself in that situation. You're the one that put your team in that situation. You're the one that put uh, your potential family in that situation. I don't understand it. Don't appreciate it. I mean, just get the shot. It's not that hard. John Clayton joins us, also a contributor to the Washington Post, where I love the fact that he put out his midseason NFL awards. All right, John, let's start with Tom Brady for MVP. You nail it. You're right on it. What a year. I mean, he's supposed to be descending at this point in his career, but still competing at a high level, now at an MVP level still. Yeah, it really is because, I mean, you know, I I know I did uh, an MVP thing a couple weeks ago, and you can make an argument for about eight quarterbacks, and then uh, Derrick Henry. Now not Derrick mm-hmm. Henry, but you had eight quarterbacks. And I mean, you could say early it was Josh Allen, uh, still could emerge and get it. I mean, you can say that uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I mean, I went with uh, Kyler Murray. You know, he may miss a second straight week. And then uh, you can make the argument for, uh, you know, other quarterbacks too, Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff. But in the end, you got Tom Brady. He's sitting there six and two. He's got. Uh, uh, on path, he's got 25 touchdown passes, which leads the league on pace for 50. He's got uh, over, he's on pace for over 5,000 yards. You, you end up giving it to him because he's still on the best team in the NFC, and you know he's uh, he's putting up record numbers according to his stats. 
John Clayton joins us. Cooper Cup, Offensive Player of the Year. You nailed it. You put the stats out there. 74 receptions, over 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns. This is Rice, Randy Moss level for a guy who's playing in L.A. with a new quarterback now. That chemistry between them two have been great. It's phenomenal. I mean, he's grown every year. I know the first time uh, I got to see him start was in the uh, doing the sidelines on a Rams game down in L.A. against Seattle, and he looked good then. And he said, this guy has a chance to be good. I didn't know he was going to be that good. I mean, right now, I mean, he is, you know, on a pace where, I mean, you know, Jerry Rice many years ago uh, caught the number of passes roughly that he has. But, I mean, he right now is doing so well. He's phenomenal. John Clayton's our guest. His Washington Post column, we're talking about midseason awards. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. Interesting because that's usually where Aaron Donald is this time of year. Yeah, and again, you can make an argument for T.J. Watt uh, in Pittsburgh. You can make an argument for Donald. You can make an, uh, an argument for Max Crosby with the Raiders. But in the end, I mean, Garrett's on pace to break the NFL record for sacks. He has 13 right now. I mean, that's you know, almost what he had half, uh, last year, 13 and a half sacks. And he's done it in half a season. So he's been remarkable. Certainly it helps having uh, Jadavian Clowney on the other side. And, but uh, in the end, I think right now, Garrett Wright is the best in football and defense. John Clayton's our guest. John, what happened with the Cowboys in their last game? I, mean, I couldn't believe it. I played a soundbite last night on my show where Mike McCarthy's saying their clock wasn't right, as in their body clock. I never hear a coach say that on the record. Mm-hmm. It almost looked like they weren't ready to play, and Vic Fangio in Denver out-schemed them. I know. It was incredible. I, I think the big thing was, I think Dak was a little bit off, you know, coming off the calf injury from the previous week. But the big thing is they were off as a team. And, you know, they were just not in sync. I mean, it, it was as bad as what we saw in the first game with uh, Green Bay going against New Orleans and losing by 35 points. But here they were, fourth quarter trailing by 36. John, I want to wrap it up with a couple of games, just your opinion here coming up. Kansas City, I'll be there for the Raiders Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. And I know you didn't think the Raiders were a playoff team before the start of the year. They got off to a 5-2 and two start. The Henry Ruggs incident cutting Damon Arnett, and they're still in the playoff hunt. But they got to beat Kansas City, and Kansas City hasn't played well. And the Raiders almost swept them last year. How do you see this matchup on Sunday night between Mahomes versus Carr? I still believe in Mahomes, even though he's had a terrible season you know, with the turnovers and everything else. I still think they can pull it out. It's not going to be easy. Obviously, the Raider defense has done better than anybody expected. But I still, you know, I put my money on Mahomes. I just think still, despite the year he's having, he's still the best quarterback in the league, for at least for talent. Yeah, it's tough. It's always hard to pick against Mahomes in any environment here. I'm just surprised they're struggling as much. And what do you think of New England? They're a, they're a two-point favorite at home against Cleveland. They've won three in a row. But I love the way Baker Mayfield's competing through that non-shoulder, the non-throwing shoulder, and the way he's got them back on track. Yeah, but the big thing is they don't have anything at running back. And, mm-hmm. you know, where Baker is, you know, he's a, a quarterback that needs the running game. Nick Chubb's probably going to miss the game with COVID-19. I don't think they're going to have Kareem Hunt. He's still on injured reserve. So they're down to their third string running back. And uh, uh, Jack Conklin, their right tackle's out. You know, I think it could be tough. And New England's getting better. Their defense is playing well. They're getting more stuff out of the offense. 
you know, where before I didn't think New England's going to be a playoff team. Now I do. But, hey, it's wide open in the AFC. John, I don't think that the Niners should move on from John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan, but what are you hearing there? Are their jobs safe in San Francisco? They can't win at home if they go in the tank here and get blown out bad by the Rams. It just seems like the Wolves are at the door, the media up there in the Bay Area. Ownership's going to stand by him. Kyle Shanahan's too good of a coach. You know, certainly, you know, he's got the quarterback that he wanted, uh, Trey Lance, and so I think that uh, they'll keep him together to develop that, and it's like you can't throw John Lynch into this because in the end, I mean, Kyle Shanahan hired John Lynch. John Lynch didn't hire Kyle Shanahan. Thank you, John. Good to talk to you. I'll see you soon. Thanks for coming on. We always appreciate you. Okay, thanks. Appreciate the professor, John Clayton, for everything he does. What a nice surprise to get him in here this week on top of everybody else we've had. Now we're backed up. Phone lines are backed up. Lee Sterling joins me, ParamountSports.com. Lee was fantastic. He came through in a big way, uh, giving us Purdue over Michigan State. And, Lee, that was the perfect blueprint for Michigan State, the fact that they came off the high of beating Michigan and they didn't have anything else after that. Last week was a real good week for you. Yeah, and then we had the the Tennessee game on on Sunday night, so uh, couldn't have played out better. So, uh, you know, still – I think we're going to see a lot of upsets uh, continue. There's like, hey, who who would ever have thought that that Jacksonville would have beaten Buffalo? Just it goes by the term any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Let's begin because of the emotion. We talked a lot last week about the emotion that we were going to see in college football after Michigan State came back and beat Michigan, and you were all over the Purdue game. Now I look at the Ohio State game against Purdue, and I'm very interested to hear what you have here as Ohio State is a big-time favorite here, taking on Purdue with everything at stake coming into effect for the college football playoff. Ohio State opened up 19. I see it as high as 20, 21. Uh, Take us through this game you have. So what a run here for Purdue in the last month. Second upset of a number two team, a number three team. Now they play a number four-ranked team. Can they get it done again? Well, let's look at what happened they played Ohio State in 2018 in West Lafayette, and Ohio State was ranked number two, beat them. In fact, they spanked them 49-20. to After that game, they lost to Michigan State. This year, after beating Iowa, they lost 30-13 to to a very average Wisconsin team. Purdue's going to have to face an offense unlike any they've faced. Ohio State might have three receivers going the first round of the draft. They've got a quarterback. C.J. Stroud, I got money on him to win the Heisman. He had mm. another 400-yard passing game last week. So uh, Purdue, they might just be happy they're bowl eligible. And remember, they threw everything, including the kitchen sink last week at Michigan State here. Romper room special, Ohio State, 55-20. to 55-20. to 20. Purdue did so much to get here. <laughs> Lee Sterling says maybe they're just happy for a bowl game. Ohio State big. You know, Hall of Famer Rod Woodson, good friend of mine, just got back. He went to that Texas A&M game last weekend. Texas A&M now playing Mississippi. Line opened up minus one. We'll play it at two and a half. Just can't believe Texas A&M beat Alabama this year. You look at the Auburn win. What could have been for Jimbo if they didn't have a trip-up game early? Uh, Fifty-six and a half the total in this game, up to fifty-seven and a half. Who do you have here? So, <laughs> uh, 
don't all of a sudden say Alabama's a shoe-in to get into the SEC championship game. If they trip up again, let's say to Auburn, hey, and Texas A&M runs the table, they're sitting at number 11, they could be playing, and they could be in the Final Four. So uh, this is an interesting game. It's Matt Corral's last stand. If he wants to win the Heisman, uh, a lot of talk about Lane Kiffin could be headed to LSU. I can tell you this much for sure. Jimbo Fisher's not leaving Texas A&M. He's got a possible shot at landing four of the top six recruits in the country. He landed the number one kid this week. Mississippi's defense has improved, but they faced, uh, you know, some, some real tough defenses and offenses this year. And whenever they've had to face Alabama and Auburn, um, they couldn't step up. That offense only scored 20 and 21 points in those games. So I think Texas A&M's defense is special maybe even better than those two teams. They haven't allowed more than 14 points to be scored on them the last three games. And A&M, 6-1 against the spread as a road favorite here. I'm going to – sometimes you got to lay the small spot here. I like A&M to win this game 30-24. to Lee Sterling joins us, Paramount Sports. So as we talked, as we go to one NFL game that you have for us, the gauntlet that Tennessee has run through is one of the greatest gauntlets we've seen, I don't know, five years, a decade – what they've been able to do. These wins are incredible at the Rams, the Buffalo game, all of the games that they found a way to win, and even now without Derrick Henry. I think they're in a big spot here because a lot of people are riding them as the best team in football. Not one of the best right there with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. So I'm wondering if there's going to be a little bit of letdown with this team going forward considering how great a football they've been playing all year. Tennessee opens up minus 2.5. I see some sharp money on them now at 3. You jumped in and got a little bit earlier at Tennessee minus 2.5. How do you have this one? So there might be a letdown, but I don't think it's going to be this week. They do have a weakness. It's their secondary. But when you get a pass rush like they're getting now, uh, you only have to cover receivers for two and a half seconds instead of three and a half for four seconds. They have 11 takeaways in the last six games here. I think the game plan is to mix in Jeremy McNichols here even more. I know they got Adrian Peterson, but use McNichols. This guy is a game breaker. He is really good running the ball and catching the ball to the backfield. Use the pass to set up the run. And for New Orleans, they still haven't found a quarterback, Alvin Kamar. He could be a game-time decision with a knee injury here. I think Tennessee keeps rolling, 27-17. All right, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. What a job he's done on our radio shows this year. He's just fantastic, ParamountSports.com. All right, Lee, how can everybody get in touch with you? Let's get your game of the week, how everybody can call you, find you on the website. Game of the week is going to be the Rams in San Francisco. Uh, got a real strong feeling on this game. Just call 800-400-9741. And at Paramount Sports, we don't call this month November. We call it November. Three weeks left, normally 297 Well, the price is going to stay at 297 but we're doing so well in every single sport. And remember, we've got football on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Every single day, the month of November, is called Maction on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So we're going to keep winning. We're going to give you football. We're going to give you NBA college basketball, hockey, where I'm number one in the world, and UFC, where we've won five of the last seven cards, all four sports through the end of the month, $297, just one place, ParamountSports.com. See you next week, Lee. Thank you, as always. Appreciate you. Thanks, JT. Thanks again to Lee Sterling. Bet with your wallet, not with your head. So as we head into the weekend, Charles Woodson's in town. Can't wait to see Charles. Uh, Remember, There's two ways to screen, two different spots to screen.
Allegiant Stadium when you were there on Sunday for Sunday night. If you need to be properly screened through the Clear app, make sure we spent a lot of time on that too this week, trying to make sure everybody is locked and loaded on that. Get into your seats early. As I said, Charles is going to get his Hall of Fame ring from David Baker. He's going to get it pregame. So that's going to be a big part of the pregame. And then halftime with a legendary world-famous DJ with all the – look, what they got going at this game for Sunday night is going to be incredible. So you're going to have a good time there too. And I'm going to have a great weekend here. I want to thank all of our partners who have been with us here all week. Everybody's been great. Oh, quick reminder, I'll be at Doghouse Saloon Monday. Monday night right around 4, 430 for the first half of Monday Night Football. Come on down and say hello if you can. Monday Night Football at Doghouse inside Resorts World right here in Las Vegas. The newest property on the Strip and an unbelievable property. You have to see it. Thanks to everyone, especially Coach Rich Basaccia. Good to have him on, uh, all the guests that we had. We really appreciate you listening this week. Thanks for listening to Raider Nation Radio. And again, let's have a great weekend, everybody. Kansas City, Sunday night, prime time. A game that if the Raiders win to get the 6-3, and three, you want to talk about being back on track in a big way. This is a momentum swinger. And the Raiders got to get it. Find me at the torch. Come say hi on the pregame show with Eric Allen. Get in, come to the torch, and say hi to us so we can say hi to you. And thank you for listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. And hit me up at Twitter, at JT the Brick. Have a great weekend, everybody.